TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Hey, welcome to the Score North Twins show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I am the host of Glenn Perkins on baseball, Glenn Perkins. Wow. Um, <laughs> just seeing how many times I can throw my name in the like, subliminal messaging or whatever. Just, <laughs> that's uh, Glenn Perkins. That's Phil Mackey talking over there. Uh, and then Derek Wetmore is back after back. one week hiatus. And you probably listened to the show last week, but we did. I think those are the same ones. So the same headphones. But the we headphones did determine that your streak lived because you know it, it's like during a hitting streak if you don't okay play you don't lose your hitting streak you so. know what and i did listen to the first roughly four minutes of the show just long enough to hear the pasty skin <laughs> comment and then i ducked out of there after the crest toothpaste line yeah. <laughs> pretty good and then you were just uh somebody texted me they're like you know glenn perkins is dogging on you on the radio right now while i'm in the middle of these meetings and i'm like i can't really do anything about that but we'll also see. not a surprise no it's kind of what i did uh, you, you know how you know the twins are having an amazing season when they lose two out of three for the first time in what a month two months feels like when's the last time they lost two out of three <laughs> feels like and it. and the sky feels like it's falling well and even the series against the royals over the weekend and i brought it up on fox sports uh the postgame show on sunday that it, it like it, it, they still won two out of three like you look at it and they win two and then they have a chance to sweep and they don't and it's like oh man and but it, like at the same time like still two out of three is good then the yeah the red sox i mean I think I saw on on Twitter last night, or maybe it was this morning, that they're still they're like eleven and eleven against like the the top teams and you know the what is the Astros, the Red Sox, the Rays, Yankees, and whoever. And now like, I think they're nineteen and fourteen against above five hundred teams because the Angels are now above five hundred. Yeah, they're, so they're like, like you look at it, and it's it's weird how when they get good, it it almost turns into like a football mentality. Like they have to win every game. Yep. Like they, you know, it, it, like football and baseball. Like that's oh, ten games is one game. They're gonna lose like forty more games. Just so, just let's let's just throw it out. <laughs> Scorn our twin show. We're here. We're here for you. Game to game. We're gonna break it all down like football. But at the same time, they're gonna lose like forty more games. Period. But how? That's the way in which they lose, Phil. I don't want them to lose again. I want them to win every single series. It's much more fun when they when they win. And last night, I mean, this is the other thing. So you talk about like a like over the course of a season type of stuff, uh, long term, you know, projection, whatever. And I remember being told way early in my career that, and it might have even been my my first pitching coordinator in the minor leagues, Rick Knapp, said you're you know if you make thirty starts, you're going to be really good in ten. You're going to be really bad in ten, and then. You, you your season is made in like the ten in between, not unlike a, a baseball team. Like you're going to be really good for fifty, you're going to be pretty bad for fifty, and then what do you do in those middle fifty or sixty games? But we saw Kyle Gibson last night, and it was just one of those ten bad starts that he's going to have that every guy has. And so you you look at it like <laughs> he just went eight shutout against the the Royals which not the same offense he has been historically good against the Red Sox which means nothing because like none of these guys are really there anymore but like they still kind of approach at bat in games the same way that they have for the last 10 years so he just had a he had a bad start like coming off a really good start those things like those 
that's what happens over the course of a long season. It's just that's the odds. That's yeah. See, I, I almost I watched that start last night, and we've been watching. I mean, how many years has, has Gibby been in the bigs now? Like seven, six or seven years, and I'm still trying to figure out. All right, do I want him against that lineup or the Astros lineup in a in a five or a seven game series? And it's amazing he's in his thirties now, and I don't know. There's some there's some starts where I'm like, yep, that's my number three starter in the playoffs. And then last night, I'm thinking, man, the pay. They, I, it's I I don't often agree with Jack Morris's commentary on the broadcast when he gets all like old school and crusty, but he made a couple comments about like the pace dragged a little bit, and I don't know. I, what are your thoughts on? Like when Gibson gets into those ruts where he's three two and he's three one and he's behind but, and he's kind of like breathing heavy. See, and I heard that too, and I disagreed with it because he had he had the walk. One of his first walks was to Xander Bogarts, and he had a great the guy. Some guy lined a, a whoever bats before him. It was I think it was a lefty. Lines a hard single up the middle. Gibby's up o two on Bogarts, just couldn't put him away and ended up walking him. Like so, just because he walked him, like it doesn't. I mean, he just couldn't put him away. Yeah. Like, you know, I actually thought his start last night was one of those when the stuff was almost too good, if that makes sense. And that's like super cliched, and but where like his slider was a little bit too sharp, like it, he couldn't keep it close enough to home plate or in the zone that it was breaking out. Like he had really good velocity. He was up to 95 last night, 96, I think I saw one time. His stuff was there, and I think it was a little bit too much. Now, he, in the past, had been a guy when he was trying to do sinker ball stuff. Like, those guys are better when they're a little wore down. He's not that pitcher anymore. But it was just, everything was a little overcooked, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. like he tried to do, tried to get too much out of everything. And that that was really what I would chalk that up to. Well, the thing about Gibson for October, because I was saying yesterday on the Score on Twin show, if, if we're talking about this team, we're always talking on two different tracks. We're talking... What are they doing right now, and how are they going to lock up the division, and who's making starts for them in July, and all that stuff. That's important, and it's fun to talk about. It's also pretty fun to think about, what does this mean for October? What are the implications of this? And to your question on postseason, Phil, the thing that would make you a little nervous, and I've been a Gibson guy probably longer than most, if he doesn't have that put-away pitch on a certain night, he gets in a situation where he's 0-2 with a guy, foul, foul. Ball, ball. Okay, now you're 2-2. Two, two. What do you do from here? That's kind of what I saw last night from him, Glenn. And I don't know if it's the stuff that's that's really fascinating insight, if that's what was causing it. Just, it. Yeah, I mean, like, and that you go back to that Bogarts at bat where it, he followed up a few pitches off. He took some good sliders, but they just they just were never close enough to the plate. And to me, that, I mean, part of it is command, and then, and then part of it is just that all those pitches just had a little bit, like, too much life, okay. too much life to them. That, well, and that's the other thing is that, when Gibson falls into a spot like that, he had five walks last night. And I think that's, if I remember correctly, I think that's the first time he's walked five guys since last year, early last year. But other pitchers, we saw Brios the other night, if he gets to a 3-0 count or something, he has a pitch that he can settle himself, bring yourself back into the center. Gibson doesn't have that that just gets him back into the strike zone. Now you're back in the count. Live to see another day. It's He would, he would four-pitch walk a couple of guys last night. So Phil Miller said on Twitter... Uh, he's he's got I think six career five walk games. It's, really, it's one a year for yeah. the last six years. Wow. So like again, like let's not overreact to a start where he walked sure. five guys. And it wasn't like I mean he did have two four pitch walks. So like there's some misfiring there. He definitely clearly <laughs> didn't have the stuff that he that he has had the command yeah. in previous in previous starts and that. But 
you think about where he was at the beginning of the year and what he went through in the offseason, like we talked to him right at the beginning of the, of, of the season, to where he is now, I mean, that's a guy that you move for. I mean, he's not going to start game one. He's not going to start game two. Like, if they get a trade for a pitcher, he's that he's a a one start in the playoff series kind of guy. Yep. You take him. And so, yeah, you, you run. I mean, because you look at it in the context of, of whoever you're going to play. Is So is Team X going to run out Justin Verlander in Game 4 or, you know, a, a guy like that? No, they're not. Like, who who would the Yankees run out in Game 4? Right. Well, the they're Red probably going to have... Yeah, the, the it might Sox. be Eduardo Rodriguez. <laughs> right. The, so, the Yankees are like, it doesn't matter who we run out in Game 4. We just traded for Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> they got Judge and Stanton back. We'll 30 so. bombs. But you look, look at it in the context of, of who, who he's lining up with. You're not lining up. Him with, with the, you know, the, and that's like all along where I've said they need to get somebody Barrios or better because then then you're lining up Barrios against Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander and then whoever they would acquire against the other guy. That's that's the matchups that you worry about. It's not game four, you know, and it, like so that's a guy that for me I take him in a game four, a game three or a game yeah. four in the playoffs just fine. And you and you take your chances. Like at that point, it everything's a coin flip anyways. Okay, who this is uh, we we have some we have some more reckless trade speculation for later on in the show here. We did the Syndergaard thing last week or two weeks ago. Now he's on the DL with a hamstring, but there's a couple other interesting little things floating around that we'll get to later, but with the the, the current construction of the team right now, let's start with bullpen. Right now, you're thinking October. Who are the guys you know you trust between the seventh and the ninth innings that are on the roster right now? Taylor Rogers. Yeah, and, are, are and you I, up in the air on most of the other guys, and they have to prove it for the next few months? Or I, 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 I still like Trevor May, I, and I think as time goes on throughout this season, his comeback from Tommy John and continuing to find a feel for pitches, we still haven't seen his changeup, and like that's interesting to me. Is that something that's he's working on that's coming along, but? He's a guy I think, I, 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 as time goes on, as the season goes on, he's a guy that I trust. I love his stuff. I love his demeanor. I think he, as he gets more comfortable, he's going to be fine. Uh, that's close to it. Uh, Ryan Harper yeah. struggled a little bit lately. Yep. I think he struggled again last night. You know, though, here's where I think about that. Because the trust thing is, it's a it's the question. It's a great question. But what I think the Twins are at <laughs> I, with it is... I know, by the way. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> spent spent hours crafting you don't have, that you don't have, just for you. You don't have to yeah, tell me yeah, that. Okay. Okay. I know that's <laughs> enough room over there for a touchdown dance. Are you okay? I think that what they're trying to figure out right now is who will we trust, not who do we trust right now. Like, hey, is, I mean, Ryan Harper, really fun story. And I know he gave up the home run to Betts the other day, but like, then he made a couple great hitters look stupid. He's got that weapon that most people don't have, the curveball. And. I think he could be a guy, I'm not saying he will be, but he could be a guy who gets himself into that pecking order of the four relievers you're going to use in leverage spots in October. It's not any deeper than that. So you got Taylor Rogers, you got, okay, whoever you're going to acquire, pitcher X. And now let's figure it out. Is Trevor May that guy? Is Tyler Duffy that guy? Will we ever hear from Adalberto Mejia again? Fernando Romero. There's a, a long list after that where I'm trying to figure out you're going to work your way into the mix. Yeah, for, for and, October, and that I mean. for me that like the the my one guy would be Trevor May. I think sure. he's I think he's the I closest. I think he's the closest. He's to, got the stuff, man. To getting there. I mean, Fernando Romero has 
all the desire in the world. He just, for whatever reason, he's a guy that hasn't been able to put it together yeah. with that, the Twins yet. That one's almost too far away to say I could see it happening. Yeah, it October. is, and that's. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's next year. Sure, but they're going to end up. They're going to end up getting a lefty. They have to get another lefty, and then. Okay, I was going to save this, but since we're already like going down this path. Reckless speculation. Can I just throw some stuff? I mean, we're already like we, we're, yeah, we're, we need we're, to. We're, we're on this street right yes. now. We might as well like knock on some There's doors. There's no detour. Right? All right. So two things. Charlie Walters last weekend had the Twins deep in conversations with the San Francisco Giants for Madison Bumgarner. I believe uh, his wording was they are moving toward a trade for Giants lefty Madison Bumgarner. Yes, little birdie tells me moving toward a trade, etc. Now Jim Bowden is. Jim Bowden, the former GM of was it Washington and a couple other teams, and now he's he's been at ESPN and he's at the Athletic now. He does a wonderful job of just throwing stuff out that you can't tell. Like, is he talking to GMs and scouts about this, or is it just his thought? Doesn't matter because we're under the umbrella of reckless speculation. And he said, "Here's a trade idea, and it's either 100% his own, or it's like I kind of heard this and I'm going to float it out as my own." Twins trade. Bruzdar Gratterall and Nick Gordon to the Giants for Madison Bumgarner, who's a free agent at the end of the year, and Will Smith, the lefty that that you're talking about here, that the, like the Twins need another lefty. He's also a free agent at the end of the year. Would you trade the Twins' top pitching prospect, who's at Double A right now, Gratterall, and Nick Gordon, by the way, is hitting like 295 at Triple A. He's going to get called up at some point for two rentals, but one rental was a World Series MVP. The other rental is one of the best lefty relievers in baseball. Yeah, I, I'm. I I like the you know I've brought this up before with like a a Giles Stroman type of thing. Like like get your reliever with your starter. It softens the blow of trading a bruised Dark Gratterall type guy for a reliever, which you don't want to do. I'm just I'm worried about Madison Bumgarner. Like as time goes on, as this season goes on into the postseason, like he's not the same pitcher. And yeah, he was good. That was like 2000, what 10, 12, and 14. Yeah, fourteen was his MV his MVP year. I mean, we're in 2019 now, and that there's a lot of miles on that dude's arm. I mean, he's what thirty something, and he came up when he was stinking nineteen. Hell, yeah. he might not even be thirty. Yeah, he's, he's, he turns thirty on August first because he, he he was pitching in the World Series and he was like twenty years old. Yeah, I mean, there's miles there that, and he's not the same guy. It, that that makes me nervous. I. And like I said, I, I've been on the record saying I don't, I don't trade any of those top top prospects for a guy that you just get for this year because this this window is wide open, but it's also it also just opened. Thank you. And <laughs> I got I got torched for that the other day. And it, it so it, it it just it, that's hard for me. Like yeah. that's why I said I mean, and the the whole Royce Lewis Syndergaard thing was completely just I, I mean I pulled that out of thin air. But that, but my point was, is if you're going to trade a, a top guy or guys, you have to do some sort of a value calculation for the future. Of all right, this is what Royce Lewis. This is how many wins above replacement. This is this is Royce Lewis's value to our organization over the course of the same amount of time that we're going to get pitcher X. And so if you if those don't kind of equal out, and I understand that if they traded for a Syndergaard or whoever that. He that Royce Lewis is going to continue to accrue value beyond the length that the Twins are going to get whatever pitcher they get. Sure. So you're going to come out behind that way. But if you decide we've got the next five years to make our team and our organization as good as we can, what's the best way to go about it? For me, it's not trading a Bruce Argrado for 
So Derek and I, we actually had like a 20-minute back and forth about this on, on a Score North Twin Show earlier this week on Monday. And it's on YouTube. You can find it on the Score North YouTube channel now. I you cut can. it up. Or you can listen to the on-demand version. Anywhere you find podcasts, the, the mobile Score app. North Twin Show. The mobile app's great. You yes. can get rewarded for listening. You can. We uh, And we will hawk all of our different things at you <laughs> the rest of the show. But here's here's so two-part thing. I'm in the I'm in the firmly in the camp of maybe the for the first time in ten years of the twins being at Target Field, mortgage the future within reason to put as many chips on this table as you can because this is the best chance. The window might just be opening, but this is also the best chance you have to win a World Series in terms of like your division leads not really in question. Uh, you're going to play in a playoff series, but part two to that is. Unlike other sports, where like the Lakers just traded for Anthony Davis, they can win a championship, and they they're automatically the favorites to win a championship by just they go from non playoffs to favorites in Vegas to win a championship by adding one player. That's not how baseball works. When the Cubs added Araldis Chapman in 2016 and won the, the the World Series for the first time in a century, that trade looks amazing because they won the World Series, but it really only increased their chances to win the World Series by like. I don't know, five percent, maybe ten percent. If you, I'm sure some sports books would say eh, it wasn't even ten percent, but it did help them lock down games that they may or may not have locked down without him. So, do I think the Twins need another starter and another reliever to win the World Series? Yes. Do I think it's a guarantee that if they land those two things, they're going to win the World Series? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, you and you can't. have to live with that if you pull the trigger on one of these trades. You, you, I mean, you could you could trade for the five best starters in baseball, and it still doesn't. It doesn't change your odds as much as getting a Anthony Davis or with Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant like with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. That doesn't. You you could have name of Verlander and and mm-hmm. Syndergaard and Cole and and Scherzer and whoever else you want. Oder you're still Rizzi. you're still not. You, you, it doesn't really it doesn't really move the needle. Right. But Bumgarner doesn't move the needle for me either. Yeah, like, that's where I'm at. Well, Scherzer doesn't do anything. Scherzer moves, moves the needle. needle for sure. Well, and then I'm just saying, if if you got to take the five best starters in baseball, put them on I your team, your you're point. still you're still not. It it doesn't it doesn't change your odds as much and as it does in the NBA getting one guy. Here's what I'm saying point. because I'm getting a lot of pushback on this, specifically on social media, where if if I'm out on that trade, Gratterall base, let's call it Gratterall and uh, Gordon for Bumgarner and Will Smith. A, I'm higher on Will Smith than I am on Madison Bumgarner, but B, I am too. It's I not about winning this World Series exclusively. Like if it was exclusively about winning this World Series, you'd make a trade like that because Gratterall's probably not going to help you, and Gordon may or may not. What's he going to do that Luis Arise can't do in 2019? However, I don't want to just win one World Series if I'm the Twins right now. I'm so, um obsessed with my young core window and the value that's coming and Buxton's here and Sano's shown some flashes and Barrios looks like the guy. I want to go try to win multiple World Series. So for that reason, I'm not making that trade. But that's it's not, not loser mentality. It's winner's mentality. I, 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 that's To say it that way, I know what you're saying. What you're saying is you want to keep the window of high-level competition as wide as possible for 10 years. So I get what you're saying. But you also six years. I'm not getting cocky. Okay, but you don't want a repeat of what happened between 2001 and 2010, where it was like, yeah, they, those were some really good teams for ten years that just always needed something extra, and they always, they always got to that poker table and said, 
Ooh, we're going to hang on to Aaron Hicks. But, uh, we're going to hang on to such and such. But Madison Bumgarner isn't, uh, for me, It's he's not the guy. He's not good enough to sell out for. I, I've, I've said it. I would. You give me a good pitcher, I'll sell, You pick, a, pick your guy or two. Trevor Bauer in that mix for you? A year and a half of Trevor Bauer. Uh, he's, I mean, he's falls somewhere in between Bumgarner and and a guy, a, a better guy, for me. Um, I, you know, it's just reckless speculation. This is this is beautiful. Right I just, now. I, I, I just I like I, I, I can't say it enough. I want, I'd want somebody better than Burrios. You, ha- that's where, you, that's where you start if you're gonna. It's somebody better than Burrios, and it's and it's a multiple years. Otherwise, I don't do it right now. I, I bide my time, and they're gonna get the bullpen guys. You know that. Like they they tried to get Ken Giles. He's on the DL now. Like they they've been they've been poking around on Ken Giles for a couple weeks now, and they they want a guy like that. They but he's he, same with a, a Syndergaard. And now that they were not like I made that up. But that's for me just the kind of guy they want to get. But yeah. <laughs> reckless speculation. But right, right, I do right. know that they've they've been wanting to get Ken Giles, and so that's they're going to do that. They're going to get a lefty. They're going to get. They're going to get a righty. The, the, and it's, uh, the, it's an arm thing with him, right? Ken Giles. It's like a shoulder. Or I something. have no idea. I just know that he went on the DL like right after I heard that they were trying to get, they were trying to trade for. Maybe him. they're just doing that to like. I don't know, but then they're not going to get value for him if they're just doing it to like make sure he doesn't hurt himself in the next month. Maybe that maybe he's not actually injured, and they're telling teams, "Hey, this is all BS. We just don't want him to." You know who they need? Like who they really is a guy like Ryan Presley. Yes, exactly. Right. You want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? Ryan Presley would be would be very helpful. Very right now. Yeah, yeah right to now. have a guy like that would be oof. That'd yeah. be nice. Could you imagine? That'd be, oh my <laughs> gosh. That that guy, he's bit. nasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest when we come back here to the Scorn on Twin Show. Joseph Patrick Maurer to recap an awesome weekend a few days ago and to uh, talk about whatever we want him to talk about. It's the Scorn on Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. Rants. That- My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business. Business to protect yours. And a baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. So we're back on the uh, Score North Twins Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. And I've got a buddy of mine, a longtime teammate, uh, Joe Maurer, is nice enough to join us. So, good morning, Joe. Good morning. Uh, and good you morning. just Thanks got, me. yeah, you just got your son down uh, and put him to bed. So, you have some free time, and you decided to spend it with us. So, thank you for that. Um, no problem. Big morning. Big, big morning. Big morning. Big so, morning. It's, yeah. 
I mean, last weekend was pretty amazing. Uh, what's your take on it? Like, was it everything you thought it would be? Were you nervous? Uh, how did you think it went? You know what? First of all, it was it was amazing. Um, still trying to process it all, to be honest. Um, heading into the weekend, I mean, I knew it was going to be special, but just uh, you know, the people that responded and, and said, you know, yes, I'll be there. Um, so I knew it was going to be a lot of fun to to see those old teammates, uh, you know, old staff and coaches, and you know, just you know, all across the board. But um, they really kind of left me in the dark um, with a lot of the stuff that was going to go on. You know. Um, they wanted to have a lot of different surprises, and uh, uh, they definitely did that. Um, but, yeah, looking back, I mean, it was just uh, an amazing weekend and, and so thankful uh, to have it. Yeah, it was it was awesome to be a part of it. I thought uh, I thought they did a great job. I thought you did a great job. I mean, I can't imagine speaking in front of everybody like that and, like, coming up with all those things and i don't know it was it was really cool i was i was uh glad that i got to be a part of it i'm sorry that i almost took you out at home plate when you came on the field <laughs> yeah you know i was gonna mention that this morning uh you know everything was perfect except for that one little no, I'm just <laughs> but no it, I w- it was great um yeah as, as i was walking out for those that don't know glenn kind of came out hot of the dugout and um you know almost took me out but uh it was great you know we uh <laughs> we had a little laugh about it and um you know, just happy that you were there. I yeah, mean, along with all those other guys that I played with, and uh, a lot of uh, reminiscing, a lot of old stories, and uh, you know, my cheeks hurt uh, you know, over the weekend just laughing. That that you know, group, all the boys. That group that we had back then was so special. Um, it, it's it's one of those groups that like you you know we haven't seen those guys in how long. You know, I mean, we haven't played with like Matt Carrera, or Jesse Crane, or Joe Nathan for eight years. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. like it, you, they they show back up Nick Punto they show back up and then like you you're it's right you're right back to like 2009. And I know and it's the same old stuff you know after the ceremony and after the game you get you know, Nathan and Punto Greer in the cage and they're battling it out you know throwing just like they would have you know back then but um, you know like you said it's old friends like that and, and good people um, you just pick right up where you left off and and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. So I saw you at Chad Greenway's uh, charity golf tournament, and we were talking a little bit about how the Twins are different now, like the things that they do, not only just with like the batting practice and how they do bullpens and how Rocco you know, uses his lineups and all those things, the, the data and that stuff. How do you think, like I think about it a lot, like if, I, if my career was just starting now, how, how it would be different. Like, I would have known earlier on, like, hey, don't try to throw the ball down in the zone. You have more success because your fastball has high spin, so you should throw up in the zone. What do you, what do you think, like, how, how would the, the access to the data that we have now uh, changed your career, if it would change it at all? You know, it, it's, it's funny you mention that because, you know, obviously I caught you for a long time, and, you know, just seeing the stuff, I think it's now we can put uh, labels on things. You know, like you said, the spin rate. You know, you were always when you threw up in the zone, you got a lot of swing and misses. And, and now we can kind of uh, you know, quantify that, you know, with your you know spin rates and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think it's just um, we're able to measure things now. And um, information is good. Um, and obviously it's, you know, we, we just finished our career. And uh, it's one of those things I wish I would have known now <laughs> back then. But, I mean, we could always do that. But um, I think things are just being explained a little bit more and, and measured. And, um you know, it's those things that you just kind of pick up, as, you know, with experience and, and as you go along. But, but yeah, there's there's a lot of information out there, and um, you know, it uh, sometimes you can get a little 
drowned in some of the stuff, but um, I think information is good. It's just you know, how you uh, you know apply or how you use it. Yeah, and I like I feel like it would have accelerated my development a little bit, but like I was I'm thinking now like watching the video of you up on the board and they show you as like a little kid when you, you know when you face planted and bit your swing and then you know they show like some like you know whatever junior high games and high school games and it's like you you had the exact same swing the entire time. Like I think with the stuff that's available to pitchers now, I would have been Either either a little bit different, or I would have figured it out quicker. I feel like I feel like you yeah. would have just you would have just been you like that. Like you have your swing, you, know you did your thing, and like hit line drives to left center field, and like that. I don't know. I I feel like you would be a guy that maybe wouldn't have had it wouldn't have impacted you as much as maybe some other guys. Partly because you're you, you were know, just so stinking good. Well, thank you. No. <laughs> You know, I think where it really would have helped me out, and, and kind of like you said with the information these days, is really um, just like how to train, you know, physically, being smart about, um, you know, not overtraining. I think um, that kind of dug me into some holes as a younger player. Is, you know, I was always brought up, uh, you know, hard work. Uh, you know, the harder work, the harder you work, the more it pays off. And I think sometimes uh, trying to work through some things and, and kind of backfires on you a little bit. But, um you know, it, it's amazing with, uh, like I said, 18 years ago when we first started, um, you know, how the training, you know, the idea of training and getting ready for each day has definitely changed. And, you know, Derek Shelton, I think, uh, coming over last year and being with him every day, um, you know, I think he's got a really good feel of, uh, you know, sometimes less is more and, you know, hey, let's uh, let's save uh, most of that for the field. And I think Rocco, um, you know, those two have been together for so long, and I think they really get that part of it. And um, I see, I see it paying off. You know, guys are, you know, getting, uh, you know, some days to take a little breather, and I think when they come back, uh, you know, they're refreshed and ready to go. So that you, you have a future in radio if you want it, because you just segued. I, I wrote these questions down because I'm not like good at doing interviews, you know. So I have everything like written down. I feel like a high school reporter. So long, I just kind of I know what you're going to say. <laughs> My <laughs> next question. Yeah, right. <laughs> My next question is, uh, what do you think? So I know you haven't watched a ton of Twins, which like last year I didn't either. Like, it was like the first year you just kind of want. And you, I mean, you have th- three young kids, one very young kid. So, um, I but so Rocco has Mitch Garver and Jason Castro, and they're they're basically splitting time. And so you talked about. Um, you know, early on in your career, like not, you know, maybe doing too much, maybe getting work too hard, maybe maybe working too hard. What do you think about like 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 that, like the tandem catcher thing? And I think about it for you back in the day, if you weren't catching 140 games, like, and I know that your catching career ended with a concussion, but like, how do you how would you feel about that? How how do you think? Like, I think that's a great thing that Rocco's doing, and that's just another one of those like trying to keep guys fresh. You know, catching is hard. And then trying to hit as hard too. So, like, is that is, is that something that like you look back and like, dang, like if I had maybe Mike Redman wanted to catch fifty games a year or sixty games a year instead of fifteen. Yeah, you know, it's one. It's a great luxury to have. You know, like you said, uh, Garver and uh, Castro, they're they're both having great years. And you know, one's a left-handed bat, one's a right-handed bat. You can kind of play matchups, and if the guy has numbers against a certain pitcher, you, you can kind of go with that. But um, you know, that's the thing. I mean, not all teams have that luxury right now. And, and you know, back uh, when Mike Redman was um, playing, I mean, uh, you know, Guardy would put him to hit third, you know, in my, in my you know, <laughs> yeah. slot if he needed to give me a day or, you know, if we DH. I mean, he was still kind of at the top of the order, and he felt, you know, 
he would uh, he would be able to produce the plate. So I mean, um, not every team has that luxury, and, and this team does, which which is good. Um, on the other side of it, uh, you know, you're talking to me. I, I want to be out there every day that I can, and I'd love to be out there. But you know, I also understand uh, you want to give your team uh, the best chance to win that day, and you know, maybe a, a day. Um, you know, DH day could have helped me, you know, a week or 10 days later from then. So, I mean, it's, it's a great, like I said, he, I think they're doing a great job of, of getting those guys enough ABs, but also kind of giving them a breather, um, you know, at the catching position that you need. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have caught you like 80 games and then you would have played first like 40 and DH 40. I mean, you would have played every day. I would have never given you a day off. But well, I think I, I would hope to catch more than 80, you know, uh, but you know, that's the thing. It's just, um, you know, it makes sense, and you know how the schedule is. You got, you know, about five night games in a row, and then you got that day game, and it's like, you know, it makes sense to maybe give me a DH day, or, you know, if you got a guy like Nelson Cruz that can write the DH, uh, you know, slot, um, you know, then maybe just a full day. But um, you know, it's uh, that's the thing. You know, you with uh, you know how time changes, it's like, you know what, if we give a guy a day here, they're going to be better for the, the week you know, or two weeks to come. So yeah, um, it makes sense, but you know, the competitor and us, you want to be out there every day. Yeah. Um, all right, so I got one more for you. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, okay. And I know that you just had to talk about yourself all weekend, which is your favorite thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. if, there was, if there was one word or one th- way to describe Joe Maher would be he loves talking about himself. Um, so, uh, I want to know, and, and so I, I mean, we played together forever and I've known you since we were seniors in high school. Uh, and this is a, I get this, this question, like you go do whatever, a caravan or some interview and they always ask me and I have a very obvious one. What, what is, or what was your career highlight? Oh, that's a great question. It's, it's tough. Um, that is, that's really tough. I mean, I, I think everybody remembers, you know, their first um, game opening day. And um, for me, it was, you know, I was 20 years old in Metrodome on opening day. And I was able to catch Brad Racky, a guy who I watched pitch in grade school, you know, um, and uh, just, you know, the reception and just, Hey, you're finally here. You're starting to live your dream. And um, that, that's probably something I'll never I, I know I'll never forget but but like you said with with the guys um you know that we had and the groups and the teams that I played on I mean there's just so many memories and really to pick out uh, the highlight it, it's tough to do but um I think the opening day and finally getting to the Metrodome and um you know all those uh you know dreaming of a little kid playing in the big leagues and being able to put on the twins uniform I, I just it doesn't get much better than that so I'd, I'd probably say opening day um, you know, back there in 2004 was uh, was definitely uh, you know one of the one of the tops for sure. Actually, I, this is another great segue. I because I've I, I'm 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 not shocked that you didn't list this as a career highlight, but I would love if you could tell us and the audience the backstory of August 18th, 2011, Joe. And I think I think the Yankees were at Target Field. Uh, you played right field for a game. <laughs> I forgot the, about that. The only time you ever yeah. played right field, and if I remember right, Luke Hughes like missed a flight from. He was sitting at yeah. the wrong terminal or something in Rochester, and yeah. uh, and Gardy came. I mean, you guys were shorthanded. So like, what 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 was the conversation oh, and backstory that led to you playing right field for the only time in your career? I think my heart rate just went up just talking about you know, the thought of playing right field again. But um, basically that year, I mean, every up and down the lineup, we were beat up. You know, guys were 
on the DL and some guys weren't on the DL but couldn't play, weren't available. And um, I remember just like it was yesterday, um, Morno and I were in the training room trying to, you know, get ready for the game. And um, I remember Gardy coming in, and you, you guys know Gardy well enough. You know, he, sometimes you can't tell when he's joking around and sometimes, uh, you know, or when he's serious or not. So he comes in and he goes, all right, boys, one of you is at first and one of you is in right field. And, you know, at this time, I'm I'm new to first base, too, you know, <laughs> 2011. So we are just kind of laughing. We're like, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Uh, you know, one of you is in right and one of you at first. And I, I thought he was still joking. And Morty goes, well, I'll go out to right, you know. And, and I, I looked at him and like, are you serious? What happened? He goes, well, he was missed his flight <laughs> from Rochester. And, you know, I turned to both of them. I said, look, it's better to have one guy out of position than two. I'll go out to right. <laughs> So um, here, this is, you know, three o'clock or, you know, getting closer to stretch. And um, so I get, you know, Jerry White and Scotty Aldridge, all the coaching staff is out there trying to help me out. I'm in right field just <laughs> trying to take some balls off the bat. The fungo, it's just not going well. and <laughs> running all over the place, hard pounding and just trying to get as many looks as I could. And, and sure enough, there I'm running out there and, you know, I got three balls hit to me and, and luckily they weren't that you know, tough of plays are pretty routine, but not routine for me being, uh, you know, the first time I played right field since probably town ball here. And, you know, when I was playing in high school, you know, and I only played probably a handful, handful of times out and right. So yeah, my, uh, my heart rate was at an all time high there, but, um, it was funny. So the first ball I got, I think there was a guy on first and, um, it was a routine, you know, I barely probably took four steps to my right. And I think it was Gardner on first. And I, I know he's not going to tag, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to send a message <laughs> that I could throw from out here. So I, I get the fly ball, right? And I get behind it, and I just come up, and I just throw it as hard as I could, one hop into first, second base, you know, to, like, say, hey, guys, don't don't, don't try anything, me. you know. <laughs> don't, edgy and, edgy uh, Joe Maurer in the in right field. Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> but uh, and I'm sure, you know, like, everybody's like, what is this guy doing, you know? Like, <laughs> You do the but, catch, uh, catch yeah, it over your shoulder, uh, spin, and fire it in. <laughs> yeah, so I was, uh, I was pretty uh, nervous, pretty amped up about it. But um, hey, we got through it, and uh, I got a, I got a game in right field um, you know, under my belt. So that's that's something I always remember too. That's uh, that's, that's pretty <laughs> that's, amazing. That's fantastic. I co- I forgot completely about that. <laughs> yeah. I do not I like looking back. I'm like I remember how tall you looked out there because like outfielders are never six five. And it's like these huge out there. Right field and like right You're field. You're probably just like, please don't hit it to right. Field. Like, and there's like nine different probably. surfaces that you can hit the ball off of. You can't rob, first of all, you can't rob a home run in right field. So it's, <laughs> you, you don't get that glory. But you can look like an idiot yeah. if a ball hits off the limestone and, you, and you're playing it off of some other surface. Joe, if you could, of all the Twins teams that you played on going back to 2004, it, it, a lot of division champions. If you could re-rack one of those seasons and run it back again with the same team, which one had the best chance to win the World Series if you ran it back again? Oh, you know what? It, it's if I had to pick just one, there's probably two that I really, really thought we had a, a chance. I mean, there's there's you know different years are different, but I'd probably say the 2006 team. Um, just a fact. I mean, we had. You know, Johan Santana won the Cy Young. Um, Francisco Liriano came up. Probably would have won the Cy Young if he was up there the full uh, full year. And um, just with you know Morna winning the MVP, our lineup, uh, our bullpen was one of the best of the game. 
I just, that team, you know, we had some injuries at the end. I know Liriano went down. Radke was, you know, pitching with a broken shoulder. Um, <laughs> you know, we got to the postseason. I, I don't know how many games we won. I, I know we won a lot. But I, if we could redo that uh, that year, that postseason, you know, it's any any one of those teams, it'd be tough to beat Liriano and Santana twice um, in a postseason setting. And I, I feel like that team could have really, really done some damage. That team did have it all. I mean, that was they, they had a young number sixty, a lefty, uh, out in the bullpen too for the That's last right. two weeks of the yeah. season. Yeah, so I feel like you were still um, right. you were still pitching the contact at that time. <laughs> yeah, I was a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, no, that you team. Know, that, it's a, that's a tough question too because I mean I, I really liked our team in ten. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of different teams, but I, I'd have to say with you know Liriano and Santana, literally two Cy Young Award winners. That's and then our bullpen, how strong it was. It's. Well, Nathan yeah, well, was, was a pretty good Nathan was the best reliever in the game at that point. I think he was better than Mariano. Um, yeah, and I know. And I mean, that was wandering. That, yeah, know? that like, was wandering. Cohen, Crane, Career, Big Sweat, Big Sweat. I think was there. Big Sweat was there. Yep. Shack. Yep. Shack was there. I mean, we we had a we had a great staff, and you know the lineup was tough with you know Borno and Coobs, and you know you got Tori. I mean, it was it was pretty pretty solid. Joey, this is Derek here. You're talking earlier about your career highlights, and I guess it's cool to hear about opening day 2004. I'm just a little surprised that you didn't cash the memory back even a little bit further. I heard a scouting report of a tournament you played in one summer <laughs> in uh, Highland Park, I think. I think it was Highland Park. I might have yeah. that wrong. There's this yeah. young lefty from Stillwater who is going to go on to the U and eventually get drafted by the Twins. Rumor is you took him deep to the opposite field. Can you confirm or deny the rumor that you took Glenn Perkins you know, out of the yard in high school. I can't confirm it, to be honest. It's funny. It's, it's, I've heard Glenn talk about this before, and we've chatted about it. And I really, I mean, I remember Stillwater having some good teams. And, um, you know, we were so young at that time. But um, I remember, you know, obviously I remember hearing about Glenn and, and watching him um, as a high school um, pitcher. And um, – we never, but we never played. I mean, I, I know we got to the state tournament and um, we were in different sections and, you know, we just never uh, met up. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. And then, uh, you know, you hear about a guy and you have success. And then um, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys heard of this, Glenn probably told you, but we actually roomed together at the Lions All-Star Game. <laughs> no. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun to uh, to do that. And now looking back, I, I know there's a picture floating that uh, – I, I know I have it in my house, and yeah, my dad took that. And I as, yep. as high school uh, as high school kids for the Lions game, and then us uh, with Team USA in a Twins uniform. And so it was. Uh, I mean, it's been a heck of a journey, and to have you know Glenn, and to be able to go through it with Glenn, and you know, just be able to share that as Minnesota kids, and being able to wear the uniform for once, you know, one time and, or one team. It's. I mean, it really is remarkable when you sit down to think about it, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know, Glenn and I always go back saying, you know, not not bad for a couple Minnesota kids, you know, and, and I really do believe that. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, reminisce a more about uh, all those different uh, days, uh, you know, from here on out. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, I tell you what, uh, you you get some sleep while uh, well, Chip is getting some sleep too. So I, I appreciate yeah. you coming on, and uh, we'll go we'll go hit the links here soon, huh? Absolutely. All Absolutely. Right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. See you. See you, Joe. See you, bud. Found some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com.
This copyrighted show is presented by authority of the Office of Score North. It may not be reproduced or retransmitted in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this show may not be disseminated without express written consent of Score North. Which means don't steal my Joe Maurer interview and, and <laughs> pretend that it's yours. Exactly. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah. So, got a couple minutes left to wrap you. That was, if, if you're just joining us, if you're listening live, um, Score North Twin Show on demand, Joe Maurer, 20 minutes. Him and Glenn going way back. Worth listening back to if you missed any part of it. But you guys had like, I mean, my God, there had to have been 30 former teammates in town last weekend. Everyone from Darren Mastriani to Johnny Bench was in town. Johnny Bench wasn't a former teammate. But are you among the things you're at liberty to share story-wise from last weekend <laughs> with all those dudes back in town? I'm sure there were things uh, you, know, you can't share. What, like, What are some things you can share with us? I mean, outside of... Outside of the actual ceremony, um, and Morneau speaking, who did awesome, and then Joe, who also did awesome. Um, the highlight for me was playing golf. So I golfed with a bunch of guys on Friday and uh, down at Legends in Lakeville, and then we golfed up at Rush Creek on Saturday. Um, and so we had a whole bunch of guys uh, on Saturday go, and that was a blast. Um, just kind of seeing everybody, you know, you, you fall back into the old jokes and... All those things, and you know, Joe talked about the BP that that you know Guerrero was throwing, and Nathan was throwing, and that was definitely the, the G-rated version of that. But just kind of doing all those things that we, all the stupid stuff that we used to do, and you know, now I'm, you know, we were doing that when I was 25, and now I'm 36, and you know, some of those guys are north of 40, but you know, for for a weekend, you get to kind of be a a, a young guy again, and. uh so we had we had a blast and seeing all those guys you just we don't get to see each other. I saw Matt Carrera 2 years ago when I was rehabbing I happened to be in Birmingham so we went golfing but you know I hadn't seen Jesse Crane in in a couple years because you know he I haven't been playing he hasn't been playing you used to run into those guys when you play against them or whatever but um you know so I I hadn't I hadn't seen Jesse I hadn't seen you know Joe was here once last summer Nathan was and so I saw him but um you know, you don't you don't get to see those guys, and so it's it's fun when they kind of come back in, and you get to have that one weekend where, you know, I was working, which was a bummer. They had a suite on Friday night, just down from the press box, so I was down there for most. Yeah, of the you game, had to be sober. I didn't get to drink any beer, and you know, I, I wanted to bring a Gatorade cup in there and have a couple, but then you know, Dave St. Peter's in there, and I don't think that'd be a great look, so I didn't. And then <laughs> well, you're Saturday, such an adult now. I know <laughs> Saturday night, Saturday night, uh, they were up by the Budweiser deck, so. Um, no, you know what? I had I had some fun though reintroducing myself to everybody as Glenn Perkins from TV, um, as <laughs> as if I didn't know. You know, like I saw Nick Punto and I'm like, "Hey, fella, how are you? I'm Glenn Perkins from TV. Nice to meet you, man. What's your name?" Did you bring a microphone into the suite? <laughs> yeah. Did I get you for a couple minutes there. So Thanks, then, Mike. then uh, Saturday I showed up to the golf course with my with my like credential badge that said. <laughs> It's got my picture no. on it. It says television. <laughs> so I was wearing that on the golf course. You should have like like the, like the photog with you. Yeah. Do a quick little interview. So here. I was oh uh, I was Glenn Perkins from TV for the weekend. But no, Amazing. we had we had a blast, man. It was it was awesome to see all those guys. They're all going to be back for um, Nathan's Hall of Fame thing. So right. that's right. Nathan's um, going into the late July, early August. So we'll have a few days again to to kind of have some fun. So that'll be that'll be neat to see him again twice in one summer. Is pretty special. Yeah. Um, so again, if you missed any of the Joe Mauer conversation, it was twenty minutes and. Some good stories and everything. Score North Twin Show on demand on scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app and also Apple and Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts. So 
All right. What's your next TV appearance? I am the weekend after the fifth, sixth, and seventh of July. So right. I got some. I got some time. I'm uh, once again. This is going to be a shocker. I'm going up to the cabin. Oh, right you're now. going to the cabin. Yeah, oh, I'm going to okay. go to the cabin. Man. I'm going to go catch some fish at the wow. cabin. So Weird. that's time for everything. With your with your bare hands. That's where I'll be if you need me. <laughs> we would appreciate if you enjoy the Scornart Twin Show and Glenn Perkins on baseball. Give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple or Spotify. It really helps spread the word about what we're doing here. Tell a friend. See you guys next week. Let freedom. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.